What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another Tanner Wilkinson podcast. I am joined by, I, I feel like this is the, the OG threesome right here. I'm joined by Maxwell Stottle. Max, say what up. What's up? How are we doing, gang? And as always, most of the time, we're joined by Tim Gatman. Tim, say what up. How are we doing? How are we doing, everyone? Uh, I, and this is one of these episodes where I feel like we could get off the rails. Because we haven't been, we haven't had a, an OG threesome podcast in a minute. So I feel like this is just a, a good little catch-up episode, you know? Like, Stodd's been gone. Definitely. Tim and I haven't seen each other for weeks now. Like, wh- like why not? Why not? But, Stodd, I feel like you've been talk of most of the podcast, most of the audience. Where have you been? What you, what you been up to? Go ahead. Yeah, so, believe it or not, about a week ago, around this time, I was in Sin City, Vegas for the first time, and it lived up to its name. It was probably the most fun but worst trip I've ever had in my life. I came home smelling like the worst person in the world. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And it was just what Vegas, it was just what Vegas made out of me. It took me under its wing, and it was just, it was crazy. Now, this is, this is all I'm going to say. I'm going to say that we're all going to go through a story time. I think we all have a story time. One, probably even better than the other rest of the few, but I will say, Stodd, you're going to lead us off with this story time. Tim, we got to just dissect this. Every part that Todd, that Stodd <laughs> says, we got to just chip it down and, and, and get it down to its core. Because I feel like Stodd may or may not be uh, overemphasizing the details on this. So we got to get down to the nitty gritty on these. I'll I'll tell I'll tell one story from Vegas. I'll tell my Saturday. Well, Saturday I, as a whole. I will say I will say before we get into it, there was a casualty along this trip, and that was Maxwell Stottle's phone. So we need that, I that, that story. Yeah, that's, that's a part of Saturday. That's a part of Saturday. Okay, okay. That all right. That's fine. I'll take that. I'll take a Saturday story. Let's let's. let's okay, let's, so I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. Okay, so I get there Friday afternoon. Great Friday. Awesome time. I wake up Saturday. I get home. I get back from the strip, strip, like not the strip club. Didn't hit the strizzy on Friday night, but we just went back, got back from the strip at like 6 a.m. And then I wake up at like 9, 10. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to rock. And like 10 of my friends from Seattle were flying down on Saturday morning. I, I want to interrupt this because this, at this point, you had FaceTime me and you were mad because all of your other friends were asleep. And it makes sense if you get home at six o'clock and wake up at nine yeah. that all your yeah. friends are asleep and you're you were you were pretty pissed off that your friends were asleep while you're like, we're in Vegas right now. I can't believe all these guys are asleep. But now that you say that there were only three hours of sleep involved, I, I think it makes sense. I mean, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, but you can continue. Yeah, well, the reason I may have been a little upset was we may or may not have were able to secure like four handles of Tito's on Friday. So, I mean, I woke up at 9 a.m. ready to shred them. And I was already pretty hammered from Friday. So, I didn't miss a beat. I wasn't hungover once in Vegas because I didn't let myself get hungover. I just kept going. So I will say it is a Monday. mindset. Being yeah. hungover is a mindset. Right. So, then my 10 friends from Seattle get there. And mind you, this is our fantasy league. And we have a draft in like two hours after they land. So, I'm just like walking over to Planet Hollywood, which is like, five minutes away from where I was staying. I'm walking over. I'm starting to hit some tables. I'm gambling. I'm utterly blacked out. Like it's bad. And it's like 1 PM. And then I link with those guys. I do that fantasy draft, whatever. It was okay. 
was, I don't remember much of it. I accidentally drafted Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, but we'll figure that out later. <laughs> Skull Vikes. <laughs> we'll figure that out later. <laughs> hey, that's the definition of the old double dip right there. That's that's a that's a new version of the double dip. Most people take quarterback wide receiver. You took wide receiver wide receiver, which is interesting. Yeah, no, my draft when you looked at my like picks, it went running back first, and then I drafted five straight receivers. <laughs> That's how that exactly I, the mind watching, was sober. Not the mind of a sober fantasy. person. <laughs> well, I've been watching a lot of fantasy football TikToks, and they'd say draft five straight wide receivers. That's what they say to do. <laughs> that, that's, that's the, that is the that, that's the textbook example of winning your league. But I assume. Well, I texted you the, the like four hours after you said you had your fantasy draft, and I said send me your lineup, and I didn't imagine getting a response, which I didn't. So. <laughs> Yeah, I want that, you to keep going with the story. Keep going. After the fantasy okay. draft, what happens? So after the draft, we go down to some roulette at Planet Hollywood. And I'm I, I'm down to like my last five. Like give you like 25 bucks a hand on roulette or whatever. And you can like kind of like put it around on anything. You just have to eventually spend up to 25 bucks or whatever. And I was down to my last like 25 bucks. And I was like, I don't know why, boys, but 26 is speaking to me nice. And I put all 25 on 26 and it ripped. <laughs> So then I was like, the day continues. My budget's back up, up tenfold. All right, all right before going. you continue, before you continue, what did the twenty-five pay out? What did that pay out? Yeah, it was it was uh, it was thirty-five to one odds. So it was like, I got, I think I got like close to like seven hundred, eight hundred bucks from it. Something ridiculous. That's that's that you're hooping at that point. You're hooping, yeah. And then I well, I spend all that, but we'll get there. But, yeah, I was gonna say that. Well, you're in Vegas, duh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, all right, that's free money at that point. Let me go yeah, put exactly. in my stocks and bonds account, boys. Oh well, this was this roulette table got hot because my friend was on it with me, and uh, he put in a hundred bucks on the table like to start the day, and he left the table like four hours later up two grand. Like this table was hot. That is so then hot we table. like look at the time. And we're like, all right, we got to go to this club tonight. We're going to this club. So we go we go home. We get on our club fits. I'm still just like, I'm a menace. I shouldn't be going to this club. I know I shouldn't be. I knew I shouldn't be going to this club. Because when we, right as we walked in this club and we get to our booth, the bouncer's eye checking me the whole time. I'm like, oh God. Apparently, I don't remember this, but I fell over. So apparently, all my credit cards and like all that like came out of my wallet like a chef, like a shuffle of deck cards. And he's like spattered all over the club. And like my friends had to go fishing for him as I'm just like asleep. And then the bouncer comes up to me as I'm asleep. Heard my French TWP. He goes, there's no fucking sleeping at my club. And then I look at him, I'm like, you're right, bouncer. I'm going to remove myself from this situation. And I got up and left. Well, the best is, I just, it's 52 card pickup in the middle of the club. And it's like, it's not having to do the pickup. It's his friend. Yeah, his I friend could, is I, like, It's like, I got to carry this man right now. Yeah, that's why I was like, you know, I'm a liability. I'm just going to get out of here. So instead of being smart and just going back to my hotel room and maybe sleeping this one off, I'm like, hey, what's a few more gambling tables and walk around the strip going to do for me? Hey, you're in Vegas. Exactly. So I'm walking around the strip. I've already gambled. Like, I lost like 200, 300 bucks from that roulette just gambling on my way home, just being an idiot. Probably shouldn't have gambled, but it is what it is. And then before you know it, there's this, this uh, lady sitting on the side of the road. And she's just like, hey, white boy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So... You said she's a lady. And do you want to go any more description of that? Because if she says, hey, white boy, I would assume she's not of Caucasian descent. She, she was African-American and 
she looked to be in, I want to say late twenties, early thirties. She kind of had, she kind of looked like she was, you know, a heavy user of bad substances. So it may have aged her a bit, but you know, eyeball testing. This is, hey, this is just yeah. a part of setting the scene. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Talk. So picture me like going down one of the escalators on the strip, you know, just like on the like last four or five steps and the girl's like, yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's, the Donald Trump scene of him going down the escalator just waving at people. That's just what yeah. Stott's doing, just waving at no one. And I'm just no one is waving hammered. back at him. Yeah. Just hammered in my club outfit. Your mind, spilling yeah. your credit cards out of your pockets. Like. Yeah. And I'm FaceTiming my friend Anthony, who couldn't make the trip. I was FaceTiming him. So I'm just like, bro, I don't know where to go. And then all of a sudden, this girl just interrupts and she's like, come and sit here. And she's like sitting on like the side of like an elevator thing almost. And like, so I see her like as I'm going down the escalator, I'm like, and she's, She's um, smoking a blunt. And I'm like, okay, I'll come to sit next to her. And then... Hold on, hold on. So you're yeah. smoking the blunt or she's No, she is. Blunt. Just sitting down okay. on the ground, just shredding a blunt. And she's just like, come and sit here. And she's like, you want to rip this? And I'm like, shit, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I start Damn smoking right. the blunt Damn with her. Right. As I'm already drunk. So then I just get crossed and it's bad. And she puts her phone number in my phone. I don't know if I have the the contact because she called herself on my phone, but I don't know if I backed up my phone. Oh, I'll get to that. She calls me with her phone number, but I don't have it to show you, but she calls me. And I remember looking at it on my phone when I had it and it said like, Oh, Dasse was her name or something. And I was like, all right, well, we got this girl's number if we need anything. So then I'm like walking around the strip as one does just as I'm going. And then like two hours later, as I'm still lost, cause this was me just not being able to find my hotel when it was in reality, like 400 yards away from the strip the whole night. I still was just walking in circles. And before you know it, like two hours later, I like go to grab my phone and I'm like, that's weird. I don't feel it anywhere. You went for the old phone keys wallet check. And yeah, one, I of, the back one, of, one of the bags like, were missing. Yeah, one I'm of like, your oh, bags man, It's probably in the back, such a rookie move. And it's not there. I'm like, okay, that's, this ain't good. So then I spend the next like two hours. This is, mind you, like four or 5 a.m. I'll, I'll go continue because I, I, I want to add something to this at some point. Yeah, this is like 4 or 5 a.m. and my friends haven't seen me in like six hours and I'm not returning calls because my phone's gone. So they have no idea where I am. So I just keep walking around the strip. It gets to a point where I'm like looking in bushes and like over like little shrubs and like in crevices and cracks. I'm like, maybe it's somewhere over here. And I would go up to janitors because like janitors come out late at night and they like scrub the place mm-hmm. and everything. It's gross. And I go to like these janitors. I'm like, hey man, I lost my phone. Do you think you can help me? And they're all just like, get the fuck out of here. You're not finding that thing. And I'm like, oh no. So I threw the white flag finally and I went home at like 6 a.m. Well, all right. Well, at this point, this is where I want to chime in. Because now, Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Because Stodd has, I've texted Stodd multiple times and I've gotten no response. And I just get a Snapchat text from Stodd. Hey, call this number. I got mugged. That was the, that was all I got. So I'm like, or like, in, I'm like, oh, this is really bad. Like, Stod has lost all of his money. Stod's lost his phone. Stod's like been held up at gunpoint, maybe. And I call him, and I'm like, hey, w- what happened? Are you, are you good? Do you have all your stuff? And you're like, yeah, I just lost my phone. And I was like, well, you didn't get mugged at that point, Stod. You did not get mugged. You just lost. You you just dropped your phone out of your pocket at that point. I took that story to the you. bank. Well, here's the thing. Let me tell you why I think I was mugged. Even though I don't remember if I was I wasn't mugged. But let me tell you why I thought I was. Because I have zero recollection of, like, losing my phone. So I was like, well, if I didn't lose it, someone stole it. And in order to steal it, you're going to have to use force. So I was mugged. Well, I love, I love the thought there. It's like, someone's going to mug me. 
they're going to take my phone. Not my wallet with all of my money in it and all of my credit cards and shit. They're going to take my phone. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The, well, with a GPS system in it, like, yeah, well, easy so, to trade. You can find to, my iPhone and that shit. Yeah, well, no, to end the story, I called my dad the next morning on my friend's phone. He's like, why are you calling me off this number? I'm like, well, dad, that answers your question already. And then I was like, can you find iPhone my phone? My phone was like a 30 minute. It was like by UNLV, like at some apartment complex. And my dad's like, yeah, you're not getting that back. And then I wake up my friend Hunter. I'm like, Hunter, let's go. We're going to this apartment complex. I'll Uber. <laughs> He's like, like, that's probably not a good idea, dude. I mean, we don't know where to begin. And there's a hundred like apartment like rooms. You don't know if this person's like serious or not. I'm like, come on, we're getting my phone. And after I calmed down, I was like, yeah, it's just not going to happen. So then I walked 30 minutes to at t in 115 degree weather with side cramps, just for them to tell me they have to fly my phone to me in Kansas City. But I was off the grid for like two and a half days, and it was probably the best two and a half days of my life. All I'm going to say is the story would have been way better if you were hunting down your phone at this no, UNLV I... apartment complex. Could you imagine you start going door to door? Is my phone in there? Where's my phone? Like he's Batman. Yeah, well, I wanted to originally, but then it was like, yeah, the risk outweighs the reward. Because it all ended up because we have like some insurance claim thing. It only ended up costing like 250 bucks. At that point, at hey, that point, in Vegas, just, like, right? at the craps table and then win some money back and then pay for your insurance, you know? Win in Vegas, man. Okay. I've decided next time I go there, it'll be a two-night, three-day trip instead of a three-night, four-day trip. That third night really took take it out of you. It really oh, it does. Will. It will. It 100% will. Also, now is uh, a great time for me to just impromptly ask you guys that I'm starting to think about a, maybe a possible weekend in Vegas for the first weekend of March Madness. The boys would be down. That's I'm like a perfect down. time to I, go. I wow. am always down for the Vegas. My dad was telling me that that's like a prime time to go to Vegas, like the first weekend where there's all those games. The Deion That'd be Sanders pretty heaven. Time. What? The Deion Sanders time, prime time. Yeah. You never know. But yeah, hey. That's really essentially my story. Could you imagine uh, a pod, a Vegas pod? What, a, what a absurd. Oh, dude, we could do it live on the strip and ask people questions. It's hilarious. It would be hilarious. The, oh, amount, we, the weird we, things we, would, we see. We would blow up. There's no chance we wouldn't yeah. blow up. Blow up Actually, more than we have. Film it all. I, I don't, I don't want to downsize the Tanner Rolls of the podcast audience. Blow up more than we have. All, all 25 of you listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Real quick, though, before I end my story. I will say the best night, just I want the listeners to know this, that it wasn't a total dump of a, of a trip. Uh, we went to Old Vegas on Sunday night, like Fremont Street or whatever it's called. And that's where you go, like, because they have tables where it's like $5 hands and like $10 hands instead of, dude, I'm telling you, everywhere on the strip, it's like minimum 25 yeah, It's, big it's ridiculous. You can lose, you can use like 100 bucks like in three minutes. But we went to Old Vegas on Sunday night and we sat down at this blackjack table. Me and like four or five of my friends, I put 100 bucks on left with like 800 it was pretty sick i was like that's a good way to end my trip that's, that's a good what we like yeah i was just a master i was like it was like a montage of alan and hangover when he's just hangover, winning all that money yeah just the boom, number, boom. The i'm just on that table for four hours they put like four different dealers on us and i'm like i can't lose i can't lose <laughs> they were getting so pissed at us we were just smoking darts we can't lose can you smoke weed in the in the... uh i don't know about i don't know about weed but we were smoking cigs i don't know if you can smoke weed I don't know. I feel like you could. It's recreational. Yeah. I feel like you yeah. can play there. Yeah. But, well, that's my story, right. really. Well, I would, I would, how would you rate your trip with with the loss of phone? With the loss of phone loss, included? Without the loss of phone, I feel like it's like a 9 out of 10. 
But with the honestly, loss, with the loss, I'm not gonna lie, dude. Without the phone, it was like probably some of the best time I had. So I'm gonna still give like a strong eight or eight, maybe a, solid a high eight, seven, a solid eight. I, I, I think like, probably a solid eight from what I heard. Yeah, because like considering like everything I spent on like food and beverage and just gambling alone, I only came home like with spending like a total of like 300 bucks, which is pretty good. Because I gave like everything considered like a daily budget there is like pretty fucking hard. That's super good. No, that's that's yeah. really nice. We have breaking NBA news. Okay, what? okay, okay. Before we get to our next, uh, yeah, we need to we need to break this out. Tim, Tim blink twice if it's it. about the Blazers. Also, also all I want to say before you, it's not. I don't think any. I don't think Tim has broken any NBA news ever. So no, this is like an exception. First, this is his christening to NBA breaking news. Yeah, Clippers trading Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Arturo, who, fun fact, went to my rival high school, <laughs> to the Grizzlies for Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe. <laughs> Dude, the Bledsoe is back on oh the Clippers. God, this, is, this is breaking news. I, I don't know. I don't know what constitutes breaking news in the NBA. <laughs> I got a notification awesome. on my World phone. World altering breaking news. news. <laughs> Oh, that's good, Tim. That's got to stay. That's staying in the pod. That's too good not to that's stay. That's fine. I, I, right. I don't. <laughs> but next to our big story. This is also a big story. This is from yesterday, right? Yeah, no, this was, this happened yesterday. This was, this, now this is breaking news. <laughs> this if is live. breaking news, this is breaking yeah. news. Tim, take it away. Well, yeah, I went to the Vikings preseason game yesterday. and uh, Set the scene. Who are the Vikings playing? They're playing the Broncos. They ended up getting killed. But well, I, I Drew think Locke, I watched like Drew Locke has a horse cock, first of all. Let's let's he's back. That up. <laughs> Drew Locke yeah. really good against practice players. Let's 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 let that slide. Yeah. But basically the tickets were for like this thing in the Viking Stadium called like the Delta 360 Club, which was down on the field level. And then it had like these special seats. But the reason why we went was because it was me and a couple, like three of my friends from high school. The reason we went was because it was like unlimited beer. It was free beer and free food. And then, so we went and we basically just sat there and drank for four hours uh, and uh, for free. So it was just like free Coors and Miller Lite in like 20 ounce cups. So like $12. All right. So it was it was a twelve dollar ticket, and you get unlimited food. No, no, no. I I, the, I spent four dollars on my thing for the metro train to the stadium because we my buddy had the tickets for free, and then we and then all the food and drink was free. Jeez, that's yeah, absolute steal. <laughs> you're, you're you're killing it. You're killing it at this point. But well, continue. I am I, like I didn't right, mean Well, yeah, and our our seats, which we didn't really end up sitting in, but they were like right in the front. Like, and so, like, we could see they were like unreal. They were like on the 35. Like, it was right behind the Vikings sideline. It was crazy. I think my buddy like won them in like a radio thing or something. So, we, it was because you had to take a photo for the radio station. And it, yeah. Were you in it? Were you in the photo? No, no. no. All the boys in the photo would be so sick. Just all of them just absolutely sloshed. And you could tell, like, (laughs) it would be great for the, for the, uh, uh, the after <laughs> the middle of the podcast just tim and the boys sloshed at the at the vikings game yeah so <laughs> yeah we 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 went up there i think for like five plays like literally five plays and then we just went back down to like the seating area and we just it just sat down there because we were like 
And the Vikings' first play was a safety. So it was like, this is, Wait, this is not going first, to go. Their first offensive play? Offensive play was a safety. Well, that's how you draw it up if you're uh, – yeah. who's their coach? Mike, 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 Mike Zimmer? Mike Zimmer, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, how you no, draw it up, big Mike. I mean, he has like was, one eye. Can you blame him? <laughs> that is true. He doesn't have – Like, hike it this high and then just <laughs> – But – and so what, what ended up happening where is we, we, we started – we made a substantial – uh, cup stack because we cup were just snake. cup snake yeah cup, cup snake Chicago thing cup snake and and we had it on our table and so we got there an hour and a half before the game so it stayed for the entire game and now we're like thirty minutes after the game because well, they, hold, on, hold on hold on I want to yeah they kept this. serving thirty minutes after the game well I heard I heard there were rumors of you being escorted well this is where we got escorted. Okay, all right. This is what I want to Escorted is a strong word. Ah, no, 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 no. I need, I need you to use the word escorted because that's what well, you told me yesterday. Can, can Tim, can you clarify if they escorted you out or if they just asked you to leave after the game was over? <laughs> no, it was, it was no, like, no, it was like uh, closing, closing your tab. You can't stay here. You can't, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That, that's what they said at uh, U.S. Bank Arena or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Yeah, it. I mean, basically, what happened was, is my friend like threw a bunch of cups into the thing, and I guess one like hit the lady with the trash can, and Mom. so, and so the police ended up walking over to talk to us, and it was like me and my friend, and I was like, what, like what happened? And he was like, well, some, and I'm like, I don't, and it was they basically were like, all right, we. So then we just left, and. It wasn't. It wasn't escorted. It was a strong term to use, but it was. It was a. Uh, you were guided out of the stadium. <laughs> no, because they weren't following. You were encouraged to leave. <laughs> encouraged to leave would probably be the best way to put it. Yeah, that's like with the bouncer check. I hear you. <laughs> but it All was I'm fun to say sit is, there. I will. I say said, I, and we did heckle the players. We did heckle Viking players. I, <laughs> all right. Well, before I get to my quote, I need. I need to hear what you said. These Vikings players. Oh, I said, what's up to Troy Die? I yelled Sko Ducks at him. He liked that. Gang, gang. Uh, I would one of my friends so, yelled so, some stuff I'll at Kirk this. about a mask or something. I don't know. That's it fair. Was, but if I saw Troy Die, I would have been like, I would have just talked shit to him. I would have been like, your brother's way cooler. Take off your gloves, poser. <laughs> like, no that, gloves, Travis Dye. He would have been hilarious. Yeah, that is true. He would he would have been he would have been shocked that someone probably knew who his brother was. Oh, he would he would have he would have been like I can't even I can't even respond to this. That's oh, he might have just tip his cat. Be like, you're right. Start taking him off. But I will say but, this is so you you heckled. Did you heckle Kirk? I personally did not heckle Kirk, but someone in my group heckled Kirk. And Kirk can be here. You think? I don't know. I mean, he, a lot of people were heckling Kirk. All I will say is, I got a Snapchat from the Timothy Gatman saying, heckling pro football players is not a move. I'm being escorted out. So take that with a grain of salt. Take it as you will. It was, it was not an, it was not, it, it, I was not being escorted. It was more of a, and again, I was, we were also, we were really drunk. So we, we probably deserved <laughs> to be escorted out. To be honest, but they said, "Sir, you've had enough. I'd like to ask you to leave." It was being asked to leave, not escorted. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably better. But it was it was fun. We were there. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. I don't think my – I mean, we're going through a story time this episode. This is a big story time episode. If you didn't know, fans. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know, this is – We're expecting a segment. Sorry, don't yeah, hold your breath. This, this is catching up with each other. This is just guys being dudes right now. But my story time, my, my one little story I got is close friend of the program, Brandon Ferguson, asked me, hey, Tanner, I know you played a little baseball back in the day. You want to fill in for our softball team? And I said, sure, obviously, as a good friend. But I was reluctant, as in the fact that when I think of, like, adults playing softball, I think it's very cringy. I think it's very, like, laugh-out-loud funny. Seeing, like, grown men show up to a field and try really hard to hit a softball, like, 5,000 feet when it's being underhanded. So I'm like, like, sure, whatever. Like, on the way there, it was him, it was Ferg, his buddy, and me. And we were just going through it. And I was like, I expect this to be, like, super funny, great content for the podcast. And Ferg's like, oh, this will be great content for the podcast. Not because it's funny, but because how hard these guys try. And I was like, interesting. We'll, we'll see how this goes. And we show up about 30 minutes before the game, you know, just to seek out our competition, kind of watch the game going on before us. And these – you would have thought that this was, like, the last five days, and these guys are fighting for a spot at the pennant. These guys are sliding the second, like feet first in the second, wearing shorts. I'm like, that would cut up my knees badly. What's There's the average no... age here? See, that's that's tough to say because there's definitely like three or four guys in between the age of, of 20 and 30, but there's also like three to four guys in between the age of like 40 and 50. So it's like 30s, 35 is probably what I'd say the average age is at. Because you have the guys who try hard and are going to hit the ball 5,000 feet and run out base hits down the left. But you also have the guys who are like 50 years old just there to fucking drink 80 beers on a, on a Tuesday night, you know? So we show up. Be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean – I had a great time. I that was the only thing I didn't like about it was Ferg and I did not pick up beers on the way there. Oh, pick them on the way. Yeah, exactly. We were sober. We were sober boners there. Oh. So we get there. We get there. Thirty minutes early. We scout at the competition. Ferg's like, "Oh, we've played these guys before. These guys are drunks. There's no way we lose to these guys." And I look over, and I'm like, "Hmm, interesting." I look back at our team. I'm like. They look much more athletic than us, like significantly. These guys are like, not saying like slim, but slimmer than the guys on this team. Like Ferg's like, these are the guys I work with. So I'm like, okay, okay. We get there. First couple of innings go by. We're just filling them out. Like we're down six to five. Third and fourth inning. That? It How goes to like seven innings. Seven innings okay. is the rule. Seven innings are like an hour and a half, I think, or like an hour and 15. That's like kind of what it is i don't really know because i've never played softball that's something that was like a big underlying factor during this whole thing was i just kept asking them questions i was like how many innings are this how what's the time limit like <laughs> like what, what what's happening i don't i've never played this before like i've played baseball i've played like real sports i've never played like slow pitch softball with old men you know so we get to like the third or fourth inning our pitcher goes a base hit all right 
It's fine. Our pitcher was kind of whack. He wasn't on the team. Berg told me after after the after the uh, the game. So there's well, your you. <laughs> No, 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 no. But I held my own. This this is what I'm gonna oh, say. Oh, this guy kind of stink. Not kind oh. of full out scapegoat. Oh, Ooh. absolutely. Ooh. Run on first. Run on first. We're down six to five. Walks a guy. Runners on first and second. Walks a guy. Runners. <laughs> Bases loaded. Walks in a run. Oh, my. Yo, you catcher. You have a talk with your guy, it's, catcher. It, Get him out. Slow, it's slow pitch softball. It. Just throw it so they can hit the ball somewhere. Hey, it's like kickball. Like, it's genuinely like kickball. Just let them hit the damn ball. Were you like, were you like, hey, figure it out, huh, babe? Dude, they put me at second, and I put on a show. You like we'll good pitch. Figure it out, bitch. I was putting on a show at second, just diving in the outfield, just uh. – Diving everywhere. It was a great performance by me. Yeah. I mean, but, the amount of baseball lingo that had to be dropped was probably unreal. <laughs> oh, I was clearly a top three or four player on this team. Just based That's on my style. baseball knowledge alone. Like, I haven't played competitive baseball since I was an eighth grader. And I was <laughs> out there. I was out there, like, better than all of these people. Like, it was like. Oh, babe. Good rip. Ferg and I were very good just based on the fact that we're natural born athletes and these guys are old men. But like we, he also had like some of his other friends. But we'll 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 continue with this. Bases loaded because he obviously walked in a run. So we're down two. Guy hits a ball in between the the right center and left fielder, or left, yeah, right center and right fielder. Ferg's playing right center field. Goes in, dives. I'm not gonna say this is Ferg's fault, but it's Ferg's fault. Probably shouldn't have dived. Probably should have laid up and tried and you know settle it. Dove went by him, base clearing run. That was pretty much the game. We lost 16-15. We put in a we put in a ship at the end of the game. Oh, what a comeback almost though. I mean I money say, line was probably juice. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. <laughs> they they batted me last just based off my five nine one hundred and sixty-five pound physique. They batted me last. I went two for four with three RBIs. All I'm gonna say is I was definitely one of the top pillars on the There you team. go. Yeah, some Altuve and, type shit. What are they hating? Okay, well, I'm not a cheater like Altuve. Um, I, I was uh, – I played second. I played second. Does Altuve play second? He does. Oh. <laughs> all I'm going to say is – Were you wearing a wire? I did not know when the changeup was coming. That's all I'll also not like 5'4", so he's, he clearly – he's good. I tower over Altuve. I cast a shadow over Altuve. That's all I'm going to say. I hear you. I hear you. It was – I hope I get invited back again because it was it was genuinely fun. But after the game, Ferg goes, "So Tanner, can you are you gonna shit talk it?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was pretty fucking cringy to be around a bunch of old men who were like trying as hard as they did." Yeah, are you gonna shit on this? And I was like, "Yeah, probably because it's still funny that all these old people try as hard as they do." You yeah, know? that's humor in itself. It is. It genuinely is. Yeah, but this will wrap up our story time. Excellent story time. Like, couldn't imagine a better story time from the boys. Let's, yeah, that was uh, a great story time. We'll jump into our uh, Hard Knocks preview or review, I guess. We all watched episode one today. I watched it earlier, but then I rewatched like half of it and kind of made notes. So, all right. Well, let's jump back into this. We got our Hard Knocks review, our Hard Knocks recap. And I feel like it's no better time to recap a team than the bow boys america's team 
Um, opens up, Beck Prescott talking about how he got these scars, kind of like uh, the Joker. He's got a lot of them, apparently. Point out on his leg, point out on his face, point out everywhere. Then he immediately, he without without like any type of hesitation, just talks about how his brother committed suicide. Yeah. Which was kind of interesting and kind of sad. And he talks about how football is escape for it. And then after that, immediately cuts to him breaking leg his leg in half. They, the they showed that in a they showed that a ton. They showed they, like four they, five they showed five. it off the count. <laughs> like zoo, different angles of it. Like I I was like, this is a bit excessive. Like, yeah, when they zoom in at the part when he's like, yeah, and I tried to twist it back into place, and the camera's yeah. like, all right, let's get a better look at that. What do you mean well, by that exactly? I, my, my note was for this was, hey HBO, didn't need to see that again and again and again. I didn't need to see it like eight times. And then he talks hey, about HBO. how he, he talks about how he tried to just like, I'll just pop it back into place. It will be fine. Yeah. And I was like, well, you can't really do that when you snap your leg in half. Because, you know, it's your bone. You can't really snap your bone back into place. And he goes on. He says he knew his season was over. And then he also went on to say he got two surgeries and that no one knew that. Like, that was a big point of the – yeah, that was a big point of the whole thing was how no one knew that. And my note for that was, Dak, we get it. You're tough. All right, we get it. You're tough. You had to get two surgeries. You're, you're, you're tough. We get it. Intro starts. And it's like the most stereotypical Cowboys fans, like, sh- like <laughs> the jean shorts down to their ankles with like the Jordan, like not even 11s, like not even cool Jordans, like Jordan 10s, like the worst Jordans. And also it starts with Dak just stomping on the field with his black Air Force One cleats, which I think is a power move. I, I had a note for that. You know, it's about to go down when someone jumps on the field with the black Air Force Ones. Like that's Pat Bev injury and energy, you know? Yeah. Um, they just go through it. We meet our main characters for the first episode at least, like Dak, Zeke, Dee Dee. Yo, it really confused me though when they introduced Zeke and I didn't notice at first they were in like apart like hotels. I thought they were at Zeke's house and I was like, yo. Zeke, we got to upgrade this crib, bro. <laughs> You're like, uh, Zeke, I was like, oh, wait, they're staying in those areas. Never mind. So they're staying, they're like staying in like dormitory type thing. Yeah. Right? I, like I didn't know that at first. I thought that was Zeke's house. And I was yeah. like, Zeke, we need an interior designer ASAP. <laughs> yeah. So we meet our main characters. We meet Dak, Zeke, uh, CD, Micah Parsons. Um, my note for this was, Zeke looks like our uh, close personal friend of the podcast, RJ Young, with the uh, the full beard and kind of the I, I I don't I don't know how you would describe it because I don't think it's dreadlocks, but it's like it's like a dread man bun almost thing. It's like a it's like a tape. Yeah, like I don't know how to isn't describe it. Isn't it a? It. I want to say isn't it a? Nah, I'm gonna get it wrong. Yeah, that's where I'm at, Tim. Yeah, I don't want to say yeah. it. I don't want to. I'm gonna get it wrong. Maybe I don't know. It, it, if you look at if you if you could if you compare Zeke's look now to RJ Young's look, it's very similar. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, and then it's kind of just like it's like a Zeke montage. <laughs> Zeke like goes out for a wheel route, and there's genuinely no one covering him. It's as if like someone was like, "Hey, don't cover Zeke on this play. We want him to look good on the on the film." He ran a wheel route, and it was like, hey, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. <laughs> and he was there was no one within 15 yards of him. Catches a touchdown. It was like sick. 
Can we talk about Mika Parsons getting burned? Oh, we'll get year? there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Trust me. <laughs> um, it cuts to CD doing uh, doing one on one drills with quarterbacks. Uh, he gets punched in the balls and describes it as "I got hit in the chicken McNuggets," which I think is a, a very good quote from CD Lamb. Um, and then it just goes to him talking shit about how bad these cornerbacks are doing one-on-ones. And then someone said something <laughs> to him and he goes, yeah, you hit me in the nuts last time, dude. You're not very good. Which I thought was also very funny. Then it comes to Jerry Jones doing his like first camp interview <laughs> where he Jones. says, oh my we're back. That goes, was something. That was something. He goes, we're he back. would do anything for a Super Bowl. Well, dude, I'll, he was I'll crying. Get to, we'll, get to that. We'll, get, we'll get to both of those. I want to say, he said, we're back. I said Big Sam's vibes. Then he says he would do almost anything to get this team a Super Bowl. And I said, Palpatine vibes? Are we getting Palpatine I that, vibes? I love that comparison. I love the I love the comparison of Palpatine and Jerry Jones. <laughs> Jerry Jones and Palpatine. And then, I, and then I just wrote, starts crying question mark. Like what what was he crying about? I don't understand that part of it. His love for the Cowboys, dude. Yeah, it was obvious. His <laughs> was just like he was like looking at reporters, and you just see him like choking up, and he's like, "Anything for this team." <laughs> like, well, then geez. after that, after that, it cuts to the narrator, and he's talking about how Jerry jo- under Jerry Jones, they've won like three championships. Not done all this year. Done all this, and then they go. I, I my note was, love how they had to add in twenty six years. They still haven't won a championship. <laughs> love how they were like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won these three championships, but it was 26 years ago. Like, <laughs> none of us were alive for any of their championships. Let's just throw that in there. Um, then we got a Dak montage. Him throwing the ball into the net. That was cool. He threw him into those, like, three little separate spots. Um, rollout drills. Him just throwing it downfield. Like, that. that's all they showed. And then my note was um, – I get that he wants to go hard, but like, dude, stay one. Maybe, maybe, maybe settle down. It's not that serious. You don't need to play every single rep in day one of training camp without pads, right? I don't know. That was kind of a sick montage, though. And he was like, yo, my bitch ass didn't say I'm done yet (laughs) or whatever. And he was like, get out of here to the other quarterback, dude. That was kind of sick. He did say that to Gilbert, which I, I mean, you're not even wearing pads. You're not not wearing pads yet, you know? (laughs) And that's yeah, I don't know. It was cool. <laughs> uh, cuts to a coach's meeting. Says Dak got 575 on their workload rating. And Mike McCarthy says that's way too high. Um, my, my side note for that was you think Dak's doing this for the cameras? You, uh, think, you think Dak knows, hey, uh, I got to be kind of rah rah now because the cameras are on me? I don't know, because I've never, like, really watched him before. So, I don't know, like, how he acted before. But, I mean, I don't know. He looks like a guy who just – it was antsy to get back out there. Yeah, oh, he, he wants he wants to play. You can tell he wants to just get into it again. But Like, I don't know if – I don't know if he would have been, like, this rah-rah big-time guy if he played the whole season last year and he didn't have an injury to go through. I feel like maybe he'd be more – maybe, like, mellow and, like, kind of just melancholy. But, like, right now, he seems like he's pretty intense about this. I feel um, this is not our call. Our last callback to will this happen if the cameras were there? Um, Dak gets mad because he's not 
taking literally all of the reps, which was funny. Like, they're like, Gilbert, go in there for a rep. And Dak's like, what the fuck, dude? This is my team. <laughs> and they're like, yo, Dak, relax. Uh, this is day two of camp. Uh, just let our backup get some reps. Um, then it cuts to Zeke and Dak, you know, just being best friends. Talks about their story. Met at the Combine. Drafted the same year. Kind of boys. Zeke bought Dak a gift for his birthday. And had to look up on YouTube how to wrap it, which – I agree. I probably would have had to look up on YouTube at a rapid, but I'm also not Ezekiel Elliott. I probably would have found an assistant or something to be like, Hey, maybe wrap this for me. You know, this was another note where I said, I feel like if the cameras weren't there, he'd find an assistant to do this job. Mm. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I'm going to have to believe you on that. Like, there's no way Zeke's like, I have to go to the store and get wrapping paper for my friend Dak Prescott, you know? He's like, hey, <laughs> do this for me. Because, you know, I'm Ezekiel Elliott making, like, $100 million. And then I put a Zeke gift wrapping montage because it was just kind of him just, like, putting tape on cardboard, even though there was no, there was no like, wrapping paper on it ever, like, he has yeah. clearly no idea how to wrap a present. It was the classic, just too much wrapping paper, like way too much, just significantly too much wrapping it. paper. Um, Dak knocks on the door, Zeke answers, and then just immediately slams it on his face and then looks at the camera laughing maniacally. I didn't know he was going to walk in here, and I was like, well, he's your best friend, so I'd assume he'd be checking up on you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, who did he think it was going to be? Like, an old lineman? Like, I would go on trips Jerry on basketball Jones. trips. I would go, yeah, <laughs> like a random person. Like, I, I would go on basketball trips with my team. And anytime someone knocked on a door, I'd be, I'd imagine it'd be like my friends. I'd be like, it's Schulte or like one of my other boys, like Matthew Simmons. Like, it'd be someone, like, it'd be one of my boys. It wouldn't be just like a random person being like, hey, are you doing okay in here? You know, no one's going to just knock on Zeke Elliott's door randomly. Um, next I said, oh, we got the, uh, Zeke got slim montage where half the frames just zoom up. It starts on his belly button and then just zooms up to his different hair. I'm like, oh, we're going through how, uh, Zeke kind of maybe gained a little weight, you know, um, cuts to Zeke in training camp. Zeke's wearing a sweatshirt and his Jersey. Uh, Mike McCarthy says, oh, you're, uh, you're old school. And I was like, is he old school or is he just trying to lose weight? Like that's, <laughs> that's kind of what fat people do, you know, sweat it out. Uh, after practice, Zeke takes a random bike, rides it away. Turns out to be Dak's bike. I thought that was pretty funny. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. When they show the bike right next to Dak as he biked away, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best is it's just Zeke like, Ooh, free bike. And just starts driving it. it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Ooh, free bike. And he just cuts, and you just see Dak, like, walking out of his room, and he's like, you all see my bike? Anyone seen my bike? And they're like, uh, you know, like the $100 million running back took it. Uh, don't yell at us. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, cuts to players riding bike montage. Like, every single player on the team apparently has a bike at this yeah. training camp. Yeah. Was- uh, Dak gets a bike. All is well in the world is what I wrote after that. Um, then we cut to offensive uh, 
kind of film room, I guess it would be. Everyone's in the offensive film room. Ben DiNucci does the old uh, eating eating the, oh, the person in the projector trick like a dog, which I thought I, – I, I have a note for that. Just classic prank, shadow puppet classic prank there. Like if you didn't do that in like third grade when your teacher was trying to talk and you just were a nuisance to the class. Everyone that was like that was that was a hundred out of a hundred, everyone in this class would laugh if you did that in the big screen, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um cuts to the defensive um film session, Neville Gallimore. Maybe one of the most sus sneezes of all time. Where he like didn't even sneeze, he was like Chew. And everyone's like, bro, what, bro? <laughs> Randy Gregory thought it was the best thing he's ever seen. Oh, he thought it was he thought it was hilarious. Like him and the him and the coaching staff were like, dude, are you good? You you, you see yourself out of this? Uh my note for that was pro sooner, Neville Gallimore. Let's go, baby. Pro sooner. Uh Cowboys special team coach goes about or goes through how we got a vasectomy. Which the only thing I could think about during that was the Michael Scott scene where he was talking about how he got a vasectomy and then got it redone and then redone and then redone. Snip, snap, snip, snap. You don't know what that does to a human being is the quote that I got out of that, which like when I, that wasn't even like something I thought about after the fact, like immediately when I hear vasectomy at all times, I just think of the Michael Scott thing, Michael Scott scene, which just kills me. Yeah, that was I was yeah, that was excellent, excellent points, boys. Uh after that we get into padded practice day. And this is where Dak hurts himself almost immediately. We see like three oh, passes. Yeah. That was that practice? It was the first one in pads. First padded okay. practice. Yeah. Dak hurts himself immediately. Uh strained shoulder, strained lat, something of that nature. Yeah, I don't know if that's all true, dude. I'm getting a little worried about that. I mean, we I got him in fantasy, down. bro. I need him to do well. <laughs> we can you break this down more. Him? I think yeah. he's fine. I think he will play game one easy. But the best part of this was Mike McCarthy not knowing, like, how an injury works. Because he asked the trainer. He's like, three times, he's like, What's going on? What's going on? Can he throw? Can he? Can you just throw short? Can he throw long? Like, in his quarter, his trainer's like, no, he can't throw at all because anytime he follows through, he hurts his shoulder or his lat. Like, no, we can't throw right now, dude. Jerry Jones like, said the same thing. Is we'll, he, get he kept, kept, we'll get to that later, yeah. They kept all asking the doctor, like, can he do this? And the doctor was like, no, he can't throw the ball. They're like, he <laughs> cannot throw the ball without having a pain in it. And they're like, well, maybe we could just, like, work on throwing short. And he's like, no, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Exactly. After that, we got to some defensive highlights. We get some Micah Parsons time, which I like. Um, he has a quote where he goes, I'm just going to go out there and be a football player, start smacking myself, and he starts hitting himself in the face, which I – kind of Ray Lewis vibes. Uh, Micah, we get a Micah Parsons montage of him being fast and other people saying he's fast, which I liked a lot. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything to jump on this, but I my my note from this was – I'm just glad Michael Parsons is as good as I thought he was. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's fun to watch. Like, this dude can fucking ball. 
Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool when Dak was like, man, 11's pretty fast. <laughs> He's pretty, pretty, pretty good, is this 11 guy. Uh, I do love when he says to the fullback, uh, you're not breaking me. Uh, and then immediately gets broken. <laughs> immediately gets broken by the fullback. Um, then goes on to get an interception over the middle. Um, then he says, he's like, yeah, this is for getting broken by the fullback, which I like. Um, and then at the end of practice, we get a Dan Quinn siding. Shout out to Dan Quinn, former former Atlanta Falcons uh, head coach. Seahawks defensive coordinator, Super Bowl champion. Yep. Talks about how Parson needs to improve. Right. Um, and my quote or my note for this was, man, I'd love to see a text convo in between McCarthy and uh, Dan Quinn. Arguably the most boring thing you could ever read, I would imagine. This is like tapioca pudding talks to uh, just drywall. That's like – it's arguably the most boring thing I could hear. And then we get uh, – Parson talks about how he's always hungry in practice, which makes oh, me yeah. think about – which is a funny – which makes me think, like, how many players are high during practice? And are they just getting the munchies? <laughs> Oh, you know, is that a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah, that's probably why they're always getting so much water, man. That cotton mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not the conditioning. It's just the cotton mouth. Yeah, they're. they're Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin was high like every game. He was high when yeah. he lost that kickoff in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So they all probably be smoking. Or edibles. That'd be crazy. Tanner, you're muted. I got it. I got it. Uh, then we cut to Mojo moments, which yeah, that was uh, it's just kind of like Mike McCarthy's eh. way of saying like these are big time moments. Like it's probably his PG version of smashing the watermelon. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, want to yeah. give HBO that kind of like satisfaction, so he's like, let's spice it up with some Mojo moments. Well, Mojo moments are um, derived derived from the what is it, Austin Powers? Austin series? Powers, yeah, the spy who shagged me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just it's literally like like it doesn't really need its own special name. It's just literally two minute drill. It's like, all right, we're down eight, ball on the fifty, a minute and fifteen seconds left. Yeah. You know, so it, it just kind of goes through that. Um sucks that Dak can't play in it because we would like to have our starting quarterback in it. But the defense kind of balls out. That's kind of like what we get through it. Um, also, kind of just the lackluster of how bad the offense is going to be again if they don't have Dak. You know? Yeah, it's bad. Um, let's see. What else? Do you guys remember anything else? From the episode? Oh, Oh, I do want to go through this. I, I do want to talk about how Jerry Jones was also talking to the trainer. And I don't even really want to talk about that. I want to talk about no, what he did afterwards. We talked yeah. to Mike McCarthy. No, no, no. no. The McGriddle. The McGriddle. Oh, yes, the McGriddle. Dude, I was so happy in that moment. I was like, thank you, Jerry Jones. You are a normal human being. Thank you. We'll go through this for the audience if they didn't watch it. Um, it goes through Jerry Jones talking to the to the trainer talking about how can Dak play, what can he do. And he his quote was like, we know he can't throw long, but can he throw short through training camp? And the trainer's like, no, he cannot throw it all, Jerry. 
And he's like, huh, interesting. And then I asked him, like, again at the end, he's like, so he cannot throw at all, right? And he's like, exactly, Jerry. And after the interview's over, he shuts, he puts down the phone, goes to his, his uh, what was it, egg and sausage McGriddle. Yeah, no cheese. And no cheese, which is ridiculous. Also, the more ridiculous part, pours a pound of salt. Yeah. To, like, his own, like, it wasn't even like he took off the top bun and just like poured salt over top. He had it in both. He had it in his hand and just poured salt on the top and then ate it, which was bananas move. This is like the main reason why I wanted to discuss this episode, just because of this portion right here. Absolutely bananas. Yeah, I'm glad you do. That's what I thought too. I was like, we have to touch on the McGriddle. I mean, one part of it that really like like just like makes my mind a little gray and confuse me is when he took it out of the wrapper and he bundled up the wrapper. Instead of like throwing it in the trash, he just threw it on the side of his plate where he was eating his McGriddle. Also, I love how HBO had to censor the top of the McGriddle because it had yeah, we had a no McDonald's idea. M. <laughs> I was right genuinely it, so I'm, I I was definitely under the influence of uh, of some kind of drug when I was watching the show. <laughs> so I was confused. I was like, the McGriddle. Because there was no M on the top. And then I was like, oh, I understand what they're doing now. They just had to censor the M on top of this bun. Interesting. Now, see, I think there's a, I think there might be a deep-seated conspiracy theory to this whole segment here. I think I'm going to have to do my research. But say there's a – maybe Jerry Jones is either invested or he's sponsored by McDonald's in some sort of way. And he knew that this was going to be on, eight, on Hard Knocks, so he purposely got a McGriddle for, for the free ad. But then again, I don't know. That could be Jerry – me giving Jerry too much credit. Or he could just really like a McGriddle. I could definitely see Jerry Jones being the guy who just like wakes up and then just goes to McDonald's immediately before work every single day. He doesn't go. He doesn't go. His assistant or secretary stops on her way in. Jessica. Jessica goes to McDonald's, not Jerry. Jessica grabs it for Jerry. And I got to assume he would be the kind of guy to usually put cheese on his McGriddle, but I got to think, you know. His doctor's probably like, hey, listen, we're going to eat McGriddles at the rate we are, Jerry. We got to cut back on the dairy, at least. I love how he's I like, gotta think that's the, something. he's like, take the cheese off, but leave the pound of salt you put on your McGriddle, please. <laughs> A metric, you put 16 ounces of salt on your McGriddle, dude. Like, that was and an I, outrageous amount. I don't like, an old shame or anything. Like, old people are cool, but like, it was also kind of funny when he was like holding the McGriddle and in the shot, the song, he was like, like, like shaking vigorously, trying to put it on. I was like, "Oh no, Jerry, drink of water, Jerry." <laughs> well, that was very like Grandpa vibes. Like Grandpa Wilkinson, yeah. it was very like Grandpa Wilkinson would do like this same kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was just old, an old person being an old person for real. Um, let's see. There wasn't really much after that. Uh, His no. talk with Dad Mike Brett- McCarthy was funny. Go, you can. I don't really remember that. You want to go through that? He was like, he was basically just interrogating Mike McCarthy about Dak and like Zeke, and he was commenting about how Zeke had like lost weight and everything. But it was very like a power structure there. Yeah. And then, and then he like turned around. And he was like, "I hope that goes well" or something. And like turns around and walks away. Oh well, <laughs> yeah. It, it was Dude, like very, uh... it was like a subtle like, hey, this is like a threat, like. <laughs> Hey, I yeah. hope boy ain't too slim is what he said. He's like, I hope he's not no. too slim. Like, my initial takeaway from this episode was that Mike McCarthy is just there for the ride. This is clearly a Jerry and Dak thing. <laughs> yeah. and he's not invited on the boat. 
Mike McCarthy is not invited. Like, if we're going to compare Jerry to Palpatine, then, I mean, we have to say Dak is his Darth Vader. Dude, he is obsessed with him, like, tenfold on what he liked about Romo. It looks way, like it's like a way different power dynamic. I, th- I think uh, Dak and, like, Jerry, like, I don't, I think he really actually thinks of him as his son. Like, actually. Also, Dak is just significantly better than Romo. Yeah, that too. I do love a good, I, I love a good Palpatine. Uh, Anakin comparison. Yeah. I mean, we didn't touch on the preseason game, but, I mean, the only thing about it was, again, Michael Parsons very good. Michael Parsons good. Um, also, I do want to touch on Zeke's gift to Dak because that was fucking – that was a really cool gift that he got. Yeah. That, 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 that like, bag. <laughs> pretty nice. Travel bag looked pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. And the best part oh. was when Dak was like, you got the same one too, right? We're matching. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I laughed at that. I laughed that he was like, he was like, I just imagine through his head, Zeke was like, I can't get him a better bag than me. Like, there's no <laughs> chance I can get him something cooler than me. You can have as cool, if not cooler than me. You don't get cooler than me, okay? Yeah. Relax. <laughs> that bag was sick. Yeah. Awesome bag. It was clean. Um, also... In the episode, uh, Dak got uh, cake thrown on his face during practice, which I thought was funny. Yeah. And he only and went around he... and threw cake on people that he liked, which I thought was also funny. Like, he threw it on, like, yeah, two linemen and Zeke. Using a throwing motion all day, and he did it with a cake and not even a football. Hey, doctors didn't see nothing, though. Jeez. I don't really know what I don't think there's much more on that episode though, really, besides yeah, all that. I think I think we covered most of it. I mean outside of like what happened in their preseason game or their next preseason game, which will be in the next episode. I think we should probably go through and cover every episode. I mean, we all have HBO, so down yeah, if anyone I, comes out on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Um Todd, I know you got something else, so... Oh, just real quick. Suicide Squad was a great movie. I recommend it to the listeners if they haven't seen it. I saw it. I watched it. I liked it. I mean... Very good movie. um, Only a couple criticisms, I'd say. Um, I liked Will Smith more than Idris Elba. Okay. As that character. But I love Idris Elba in general which was kind of hard for me to say, but I think Will Smith was a better... I know they weren't, like, the exact same character, but... They yeah, it's kind of weird, because I think, like, from my understanding, I'm pretty sure, like, they almost created this Suicide Squad movie to, like, almost, like, in a way, like, kind of, like, get rid of the last one. Like, they didn't want they didn't want that to be, like, not their origin story, per se, but, like, their main, like, story or squad. So this one, I kind of almost... I almost don't even compare them, because they're almost, like, different, like stories all together almost but i like this mm-hmm. one i like this one more. i love sylvester Stallone as the shark i mean great great where, great parts the quote of um uh where he's like they're all going through the walkie-talkies trying to bust harley quinn out and it's like right to what you got and it's just him and he's like bird that's like a top <laughs> five scene in the entire movie which is i like it was laugh out loud funny when i saw that yeah, also, John Cena, like, pleasantly surprised me. He actually did pretty good. John Cena, good actor, I'll say. Yeah, that. like, that was pretty good. A little, a little, I was a little, like, 
biasly a little pissed off about Pete Davis's role because he's my boy, but we move. We'll keep it going. Screen time, screen time. You knew it was going to happen. But I will say, uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, a spoiler alert. Um, so you have, if you, if, you, if you haven't seen the movie, back out now. Um, no way John Cena should have survived, right? No, I was pretty pissed when he killed the flag, dude. I was it, so, so salty. Flag should have been the one that survived. The end credit yeah, should have been him surviving. Uh, yeah, that makes me salty. Flag was dope, dude. He was so sick in that movie. He's clearly the best character in that movie. Yeah, dude, that scene where they're fighting through the reflection of his hel- of John Cena's helmet was dope. I wrote that down. I wrote that down. I was like, that's an, that, that reminds me of uh, the... Captain America. Uh, Captain Iron America Man. Iron Man scene. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yes, dude. Yeah. yeah I don't think Tim liked the movie much. Tim's been pretty quiet about it. No, I, I liked it. I thought it was Okay, good. It, it was yeah, I thought it, it was definitely better than the other one. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, I thought it was good. Uh yeah. I'm not gonna lie, they kind of did a did boomerang a little dirty from the first one. Like, I mean yeah. he was in that whole movie and then like literally off the rip. All right. <laughs> But besides, I was like, okay, that's a little kind of sussy of our boy Boomerang, but yeah, it was a pretty good movie. And then the other thing I just wanted to say was that the Love Island season finale is tonight, and by the next time we have a podcast, I'll never win. So, yeah. Tune in, Love Islanders. Love Islanders tuned in. Uh, this will probably come out the day after uh, Love Island finale premieres. And we'll probably discuss it on the next podcast, I would assume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Dan Leach? Are we going to get a Dan Leach sighting for the next pod? Oh, I have to text him to see if he's caught up on Love Island. If not, I'll tell him to catch up as he can. And we'll All see right, if we we'll, can get him on for that segment. We'll plan for that. We'll plan for that. Um, Dan Leach, close personal friend of Maxwell Stottle. Uh, close personal friend of the pod, I'll say. Love Island, a Love Island advent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, another great episode of the pod. We didn't have segments this week. We really were just bouncing off each other. Yeah, gonna be a great start to the week. Great start to the week. Who 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 wouldn't want to start their week off with a nice little story time? You know, exactly. On your way to work in the morning, drinking that coffee. Come on now, that nice hot cup of Joe. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been another Tanner Wilkinson podcast. Tim's links is in the description. Stod's links are in the description. Once again, thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your mom, tell your grandma, tell your dad, tell your brother, tell your sister. Let's get this as big as we can. You know, why not? Right, Stan? Because why the hell not? Why Young the life, hell baby. not? <laughs> we'll be back again later this week. Our Love Island recap, uh, whatever the hell happens in the sports world, we'll talk about that. Um, probably talk about Hard Knocks, another episode, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's been... We, this is probably going to be one of the longer podcasts we've had. There's a bulky one. Just for There's the fans. Just one. for the fans. Yeah, for the only fans. Bonk. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you later. Have a good one.
split me up, only you and I Figured I'd hit you up, I'm going through a lot On avalanche, avalanche, yelling from the top Crumble down, pick it up, make it till it pops the